Hello and welcome to another episode of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface X. And Father, as this episode gets released, it is the feast day of St. Paul and St. Peter. And we have discussed St. Peter many times throughout this podcast as he's come up in the Bible many times and my kind of thoughts of it, kind of what was he going through, what was he thinking. And we don't really discuss St. Paul that much either. You know, he, he's a guy who's had a crazy conversion. He, he woke up from going out and actively persecuting and murdering people and realized that that was wrong to the point where he went all in in the other direction. And we live in a world here where people on the internet can't even admit that they had listened to someone who said something was wrong, let alone acknowledge that they said something was wrong. And both of them in their own rights certainly had faults and, and flaws. But as I look at this in our, in our world and the examples that they can give us here, how, how wrong we can be. And I'm trying to find the, the, the correct way to express this in the sense that, in a sense, it is pure arrogance that I can't be as bad as you think I am. Well, you can. We just outlined this in the last episode that we have the power to destroy. You certainly have the ability to destroy. And at the same time, we also have the power to build. And as, as we look at, at the majority of the letters that are in the New Testament, they're written by a guy who used to murder people. Like, that's a thing. And... And to see that the grace that, that God can bestow upon us to move forward. So with that being said, I, I wanted to give you a chance to to take their lives. Because you obviously have studied them more than I ever could. And that's why I ask questions that sometimes seem childish. But nonetheless, I want to give you a chance to take this and take it in the direction that that will impact all of us. Yeah, well, as the, as the church celebrates this solemnity of Saints Peter and Paul, uh, we have individual feast days for St. Peter and Paul, but we always have this solemnity celebrating them together. And we might ask what they have to do with each other and why we stick them into the same feast day. We don't do that with hardly anybody else except people who are co-missionary brothers or uh, literal brothers or members of the same religious order or something like that. We hardly ever put people together like this. And so it's useful to think about what the relationship is between Saints Peter and Paul. And you just expressed uh, several qualities of Saint Peter and qualities of Saint Paul that draw our attention to each of them. We actually have a feast day for the conversion of Saint Paul to focus on some of the surprising, the wonderful points that you just brought up of how he could be a murderer who is really struck by grace and becomes the author of uh, most of the New Testament, uh, who spreads the gospel to the ends of the earth, whose preaching and witness have brought more Christians to uh, more people to Christ than, than anybody else, most likely. So uh, certainly that striking conversion, which also gives us hope as we look at friends and family members and whatever other public figures or people that we interact with, and we think, there's no hope for this person. They could never turn around. We can always look to St. Paul and say, well, no, apparently anybody can turn around. And even in amazing ways, God has the grace to do that. 
And that challenges us in its own way. Well, if God has the grace to uh, is able to do that with St. Paul, why doesn't he do that with everybody? Uh, so these bring us into interesting questions, ultimately mysteries that we don't have a full understanding of. But the point is, there's always a reason for hope. St. Paul teaches us that very clearly. But why do we bring them together? Well, in a one simple way, they're both apostles of Rome. They both died in Rome. St. Peter as the bishop of Rome and St. Paul, uh, while doing missionary work in Rome, he was brought to Rome in, uh, in chains after being captured and he appealed to the emperor. And as a Roman citizen, he had a right to be heard at the highest court. And so he exercises that right and it gets him a free ride to Rome. St. Peter made his way to Rome uh, through other means after having been in Jerusalem, of course, uh, at Pentecost. He then went to Antioch, where he was bishop, and then eventually made his way to Rome and was bishop there. Both of them died in the persecution of Nero in uh, 67 AD, and uh, both were, were murdered. Peter crucified upside down and Paul beheaded. He had the right not to be crucified again because he was a Roman citizen. So he was killed in a less torturous way, simply losing his head. And those uh, deaths are commemorated and their bodies are still there. And even after 2000 years, the excavations were done in the last 60 years to discover the relics of St. Peter and St. Peter's Basilica and the relics of St. Paul and St. Paul's Basilica. Both men whose uh, carbon dating of, of their bones go back to the right time period and uh, fit the the descriptions based on what we can find figure out of their uh, of their skeletons. So, anyway, it's a, a wonderful testimony through modern means of what has always been held through uh, the the tradition of the church and uh, passing down her teaching. We have in in uh, oh go ahead. That gave me the thought that I, having been to both churches they're in their own rights i'm assuming declaring how each person can be individually different you know as we go through it you know saint peter did some things that were more so brash or heavy talking going through it being that will wash all of me not just my feet like i i want to go all in and, and be more so brash and 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 outgoing in that sense and, and, you know, you, you kind of, to descent, you kind of can see that in his basilica in Rome, it's, it is massive. And to the point where in the back of it goes, well, this is the biggest church in your country. It stops here. This is the biggest church in your country. It stops here. So you keep walking forward and to show how much incredibly epic that St. Peter's Basilica is and how different it is from, from St. Paul's Cathedral. Um, it, it just something that, that came to me there as, as you were discussing how each of them are at their burial sites. And also the thought came to me is thousands of years ago, how can we identify them? And we're going off of descriptions that, that are in passing when people were focusing more on the actions and the deeds than the physical description. And a couple of episodes ago, we discussed how the Bible doesn't say how tall Jesus is. You know, it doesn't you know, go through. Was he a fat guy? Was he a thin guy? Did he run a lot? We don't know. Um, probably wasn't, but we don't know. So to, to go through this and that thought process of relying upon people 
know, observations from 2000 years ago and how they can be such impactful. And it, 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 sorry, I didn't mean to derail you there, but that thought had hit me about how, how inconsequential details tend to rise about people who do just fantastic things and how it is, it is a moment of hope for all of us in the sense that we can look at sin as, as we were talking in our last episode, that there is obvious murder is bad. That's a mortal sin, but St. Peter did things bad too in different ways. Um, you know, he, and I think that that is something that, again, I apologize for derailing you, but something that, that, that just kind of hit me as we were discussing that there, that these two men are very different, but their importance is kind of unmeasurable as we're still discussing them millennium later. Two millennia. Yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, both uh, bold characters in, in different ways, and, and they both uh, served essential and very different roles in the development of the church and the propagation of the gospel. St. Paul, who was a Jew par excellence, he was a student of Gamaliel, he was a Pharisee by, uh, by profession, he uh, persecuted the Christians out of religious zeal, he knew the law inside and out, he was well studied, a scholar, uh, multiple doctorates, you might say, to translate it into modern terms. Peter was a fisherman and, uh, a, as you say, a, potentially a crass man to one degree or another. And uh, both were, were bold, strong personalities. And they both served different roles, ultimately, in the, in the spread of the gospel and the development of the church. Peter's role would be ad intra. He ministered to the Jews and he built up the church from within. He cared for the Christians as Jesus had asked him to do. Tend my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And so St. Peter's primary role was taking care of the flock. St. Paul's primary role was missionary. St. Paul formulated a whole apologetic for how the Old Testament was fulfilled in Christ how the law was superseded, the, the Jewish law was superseded by the Christian law, and how one could live out this radical discipleship of Christ. And he spread that to communities all over the, uh, the known world at that time. And so he went as missionary to the Gentiles primarily, and he just founded one community after another. He went forth boldly as a missionary. He was unafraid to proclaim Christ and to make arguments in, in favor of him. He stayed in touch with those communities through the letters that we preserve and acknowledge the Holy Spirit helped him to write and have become part of our sacred scripture. And he wasn't afraid of Peter either. And there are some wonderful passages in the Acts of the Apostles that and then all, Paul references them also in his letter to the Galatians, how he withstood Peter face to face, how he challenged what Peter was doing and was unafraid to say, you know, yeah, you guys uh, may be the apostles who spent three years with Jesus, but you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And was unafraid to argue those things. And in doing that, he helped to expand our understanding of the gospel and then ultimately to proclaim it and, and put it into practice. 
So the requirement to follow the Jewish law, the requirement of circumcision uh, that was being pushed by some members of the Christian community in those early days was resisted by Paul. They met in council, but then it was Paul's argument, but it was Peter's authority that put it into, uh, that, that promulgated it, that gave it the authority of gospel teaching. So Paul made the argument, but ultimately Peter ended the argument and accepted Paul's uh, understanding and then sent forth a letter signed by himself that Paul could spread to the various communities. So we see this complementarity of a, of a prophetic and missionary church with uh, a church that is also stable and cares for the flock and is authoritative. We see the complementarity of intelligence and learning with a uh, uh, simple fidelity to the gospel uh, among simple and, and strong, sometimes bullheaded men. Uh, we see the way that the church works things out when there's conflict. The church is not afraid of conflict and can bring those things to the table and talk them out, work them out, and, and uh, publish a, a result for the sake of unity and to bring everyone forward together. And uh, and then we see the ultimate witness of both, one certainly not better than the other, but both giving the ultimate witness of their lives in martyrdom and the, the blood of the martyrs being the, the seed of, of the faith of Christians. So, so it's beautiful to reflect on that, that complementarity of, of Peter and Paul when we think also of the needs of the church in our own day. I think part of what started this podcast was a desire to be a bit like St. Paul and move out of the uh, maintenance phase of St. Peter, if I can be simplistic like that. But you saw, Joe, and certainly I did as well, but under your initiative, you know, we saw how, how important it is to move out of just caring for the flock and to start taking, taking the gospel to the streets or to the airwaves or to the internet streams and to find ways to reach people where they are and give them a pathway back into the flock. So it was a very Pauline movement to reach out and to try and evangelize a new territory. But then people need the, you know, the home to come back to, and they need to be able to land somewhere. And so it's important to have pastors and communities to provide that as well. And to that point, we're in countries I didn't even know they spell English. Um, you know, as far as some of these places in Asia that, I didn't know English was a thing over there. And I, I thank you guys all because you've helped us scrow this cast and expand it as we've gotten to that point. And to zoom in on that, not that this was the only one, but the, the encounter you just had of St. Peter and St. Paul, it made me think of two things that are sorely missing in, in, in our current world. And the first is, is an actual acknowledgement of authority that, St. Peter was the one in charge. There was no doubt about it. He is in charge. And there's just the way it is, no question. And that's okay. It's actually helpful in a lot of ways. But he also had this humility that what he was saying doesn't have to be the way it is just because it's the way that we've always done it. He's listening to an idea rather than the person who's presenting it. Because so often we just hear... Oh, this person was on that network, so therefore I'm never going to listen to them. Or they're on this network, so I'll listen to everything to it. St. Paul has every reason on this planet not to be listened to. 
I mean, throughout the entirety. He's murdering people. He's telling everything that we're doing is wrong. And then he has this conversion, which some people by human nature, even though it's not truly articulated, I believe this has to be the case, don't believe that he truly turned over. This is just a way for him to infiltrate more and figure out how to take more people out. And you can't be a mass murderer and not have those suspicions around you. It's someone out there had those suspicions. And I'd imagine in, it's a realistic thing to have. If you're protecting your flock, you don't want to invite like the master wolf in who's eating everyone. So there's all these reasons not to listen to St. Paul, but Peter does. He, he acknowledges that despite who is saying these words in this argument, there is something to this and it's something worth listening to. So the crown of authority who Christ gave the authority to and the power to shows this incredible act of leadership and humility and probably all kind of other virtues that I'm not articulating at the moment right now, but to listen to what the content is rather than who's saying it. And if we think of that, that in my opinion, that is those two dynamics are what's incredibly missing in our world right now. And these two can, give an example of it to listen to the content of the argument and to actually think of what you're saying, not just say it because you heard it from someone that you liked, but does it actually make sense? Is this something you want to do? And then on the other hand, to acknowledge that this person, even though I think he's wrong, has an importance. He has an authority to him and to give that respect and I think that, that looking at those two elements just from this one encounter that we describe here is something that we can really move forward to help us grow as individuals and as a society at large. Yeah, it's related to our topic in the last podcast about reconciliation and forgiveness and what does it take to bring order into the chaos. I, I like that description, order into the chaos, because it uh, avoids some of the other kind of politically charged ways of saying it. We have a lot of connotations with good and evil. And anyway, that's also a true expression. But what we experience is a lot of chaos. And that uh, that chaos does a lot of damage. And mixed into that chaos is, is real malevolence, real uh, evil, malice. But how do, we, how do we work through that? Our temptation is to avoid conflict. Would have been very easy for Paul just to say, well, to heck with you. I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do. Like, come stop me. And instead of doing that, he withstood Peter face to face. He uh, brought it to him. He dealt, he worked it out. And, and ultimately, he worked forward to a greater solution. They all worked forward together to a greater solution that was going to be even more effective for spreading the gospel. So, uh, well, it was spreading the, the fullness of truth, discerning what the fullness of truth is and then spreading it. So, um, yeah, we, we start to put reality back together after the sin of rebellion and self-centeredness and pride and self-promotion. We, we start to put reality back together when we start to work with each other, which also includes some conflict Although we want, we want to engage in conflict, not just as a means of getting revenge or hurting somebody else, but we engage in conflict as 
but with the hope and, and desire to move forward to a better resolution. And that's certainly the attitude that we need to take. And we learn that from Saints Peter and Paul, how beautiful that their feast day is celebrated together every year on June 29th. And I hope that our listeners will take the opportunity to go to Mass or uh, tune into Mass on uh, on the, the live stream if you've already, if it's too late and you've already missed it. If you if you see the Pope's Mass, he does something special every year, which is to bless the the pallia, which are uh, a liturgical vestment, a, a little white uh, harness that is made out of lamb's wool and indicates the extension of Peter's care for the flock. And it's given to the newly appointed archbishops, metropolitan archbishops throughout the world every year. And there's usually 40 or 50 new archbishops every year in the various dioceses throughout the world. And so the Pope blesses them. They spend all night at the tomb of Peter and they absorb the, the holiness of Peter, as it were, and the, his love for the flock. And then it's given to the various archbishops around the world who are, who are newly appointed. They wear it in liturgies in their dioceses to indicate that they're sharing in the pastoral ministry of Peter, Peter who is commanded by the Lord to, to care for his flock. So we should also uh, have some insignia to renew our missionary mandate, probably, and uh, the, to also draw on that grace of St. Paul. But hopefully our listeners will at least do that on their own. Consider your missionary mandate renewed and St. Paul exhorting you and guiding you towards ways to, to spread the gospel. Who can you share the good news with today? And what a beautiful way to end that. And a very small and easy thing you can do with two clicks is click subscribe or click share. Um, I mean, in a certain sense, that is helping you spread it by helping us spread the cast. So we thank everyone for being out there and being with us here this week. And we will be with you again here next week.